Riverside. Hello, and welcome into the Sad Fan, where we talk about the good, the bad, and everything that made us sad. And uh, thanks for covering for me for my anniversary, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, we tried. We definitely <laughs> tried it. Your no. knowledge. It was insane to just hear you, like, just brief, flo- like, flowing thoughts of, like, everything we got kind of wrong in the last episode. No. There were many errors. I'm sorry. Yeah, just I called Kelly pulling Moore random games from, like, 12 years ago out of your ass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I apologize that I came across. No, I just, I no. really appreciated it, and I was just listening. And I'm, I apologize that that's how my brain works. Or I'm like, are you talking about Kevin Cobb? Because that was a quarterback on the Eagles that Andy, Re- Andy Reid made really great. That kind of sucked. Like, <laughs> and then you're like, no, it's Alex Smith. And I was like, well, no, he wasn't terrible. He just got benched against the Chicago Bears on yeah. a Monday Night Football game when Vernon Davis was like, his ball was just so soft. I remember that press conference. <laughs> See, there you go. Remembering a random press conference from ten years ago. It was, it was such a funny quote by Vernon Davis. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it felt just so sour. And I was like, man, Vernon, uh, Vernon Davis just like side, like sideswiped Alex Smith for no reason. <laughs> Fry, Fry always asks me, like, hey, do you remember that time we were at the mall in Albuquerque like fifteen years ago, and you said this? I was like, no. What? No. <laughs> Well, the quick other thing, it sounded, I think you, you knew what you were talking about, Wes, but I think you accidentally made it sound like uh, Alex Smith broke his leg with the Chiefs, which he didn't break his leg with the Chiefs, he broke his leg with the Panthers. But um, what's kind of funny, did you guys ever watch that documentary with Alex Smith about like his comeback? Yeah, and he almost died. Yeah, and like he had to go to army doctors that deal with war wounds. Dang. It was, yeah. Did not. Did, like, I remember the injury, but I did not know this. Look at pictures. He had like bacteria, like no. ate, like half of his leg. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was bad. And yeah, he went to um, it was in uh, Andrews Air Force Base, I believe, in Washington. He went and he had yeah. the Air Force and Army doctors and surgeons look at it that you typically study war wounds and things like that. That's how severe it was. Dang. So uh, yeah. on that note. Let's just, talk, let's just talk about what made us sad this week. I'm going to tell you right now, mine is a little funny. Chelsea's is very serious, and Wes is Wes's. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to be mean. Wes is echoing the sentiments of a lot of people, Bengals and 49ers fans. And then, of course, the media who has to be like, yeah, we agree with you. Please watch our show. I'm not going to do that, but Wes will have your back there. Because <laughs> Wes agrees with you. Wes did not like the officiating. Uh, I'm not going to say it was perfect, but I'm not going to steal his thunder. So let's go to what may be sad, and it's conspiracies by fans that just get worse thanks to social media. Yes, Chelsea was digging into this topic, was sending it to me while I was gone, and I, I loved it. I was eating it up. I only got to even read one of the articles. There was three attached. And <laughs> Jaron Jackson apparently had uh, stats manufactured for him, for, <laughs> which ended up being false. Which the Grizzlies came out and said, hey, this is not true. We we did not do this. Everything is true to our record uh, or to our knowledge. We have not falsified any documents uh, or any stats. Pardon me. Sorry. I'm political stuff, some fading into basketball stuff. Uh, but 
but it's not new is what makes me sad. Like we always are looking for something, some slight against us or some, he's never been this good before. He's got to be on steroids. Like, or they're cheating for him. Sometimes it's not the case. Like when you actually do find something fantastic, but uh, the Patriots actually didn't win the Super Bowl after 9-11, just so everybody knows. The previous, <laughs> that was not something that occurred. Um, Saints did not immediately win the Super Bowl after Katrina, uh, which is a common misconception. Like people were like, it happened right after Katrina. Well, it wasn't immediately after Katrina. It, it happened later. And they had cleaned up the Superdome after that. But they did spend a year playing not at their stadium. So I believe it was, it was a couple years later or kind of close to that. I think it was uh, the next year. It might have been the next year, yeah, when they could play yeah. at home again. And because uh, remember, they couldn't play at home during Katrina. Like, yeah, they, it was it had yeah, it was like a refuge. Katrina was early fall, and so yeah. I think it was the next season. The next year, they played against Peyton Manning yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because um, I mean the roof was pretty much damaged, and there yeah, was nothing. Yeah, it took a long time to restore that. Yeah, and then Peyton Manning. Did they play in it. Houston? They was it Houston or uh, like they were playing? They were practicing at Tulane. I want to say they were practicing yeah. at the Tulane campus. And they were playing their home games, maybe in Houston. It was it was not there. I know that. Yeah. Uh, because again, that's where people were living. Now. Yeah. And it didn't just require renovation there. They had to re- renovate the whole thing because it wasn't big enough to house so many as many people as had to stay there or live there. So they had to fix the restrooms after Katrina. They had to do all kinds of stuff. They're still repairing New Orleans from Katrina, just if people were wondering. Uh, if yep. you visit New Orleans, they're still talking about, hey, we're still trying to because they have to treat all the wood now and stuff like that, but. What I'm trying to say is the NFL didn't give the Saints a Super Bowl because of Katrina. That's not that's not what happened. That's a conspiracy theory that a lot of people have. And, and I suppose it's the one I'm the most susceptible to because I am an avid sports fan. But when like when Chelsea looks into it and actually goes to the Grizzly website, actually looks at frame by frame, and she's like, no, it seems legit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's funny because when you said it seemed legit, Chelsea, you said it with, like, the tinge of hope that it was real. <laughs> Okay, so, well, yes, to be fair, I do love me a good conspiracy theory, especially be, when it is actually conspiracy, because then it's like, okay, like, this is good, this is great. And the thing is, is just for this reason, <laughs> exactly. but there was reason, though, to, to whoever posted this, there was reason to actually be skeptical, because there was a statistically significant difference between how um, Jalen Jackson was being Jared. Jared, sorry, Jared Jackson was being his stats were um, at home versus yeah. away, and it is statistically significant for the league. It is statistically significant within like the history of the recent history of the league. And he is an outlier of the outliers. If you look like at, at a bell curve, he's at the very tail end of it. So it is something that is very odd. Yeah, but it's explainable, which most of these conspiracy theories are. I mean, just think of Occam's Razor. The simplest answer is usually the truth, and in this case, he just really does play better at home. Yeah, unfortunately, and that's some but- players though. That's some <laughs> players. Like we've always said, like the why do why do teams with great benches win NBA Finals? Well, because it's a best of seven series, and typically, good bench players play better at home. Like statistically, they're better at home off the bench. So it makes sense. Yeah, and you're saying it's the far end of uh, the ex- – ex- yeah. he's, like, basically the exception, not the rule, right? So yeah. I-, I found it interesting when I was reading it, but then you sent me the other stuff, and I was like, oh, well, sad. Like, it's not 
<laughs> like this would have been so much so juicy if it was real, but now it just makes me sad because it's uh you know YouTube journalists and Twitter detectives that are digging in and like this is you're cheating. I see you're cheating again. How dare you? Uh, and it's there, there's actually real cheating and real atrocities going on, which is something that made Chelsea sad this week. There's some some real stuff out there. Yeah, there there actually is, and this is this is a little bit of a niche thing, but as a former yeah. um, former swimmer, this definitely caught my attention. Um, so the woman who is the head coach of the Cal swim women's swim team, um, mm-hmm. who also was the first female coach to coach an Olympic team at the 2012 London Olympics, uh, she's been fired. And completely disgraced after reports of abuse started filtering up to the media who actually then released a 482 page report on this woman's complete abuse of power, particularly towards athletes. Apparently there are some female swimmers at Cal who have either chronic illnesses and need extra support or have eating disorders, which is a very, very real thing. There is a lot of pressure, especially when you are in the tiniest piece of like fabric that covers only the necessary bits and you're in public all the time. There's a lot of stress and scrutiny on female bodies in sports anyways. And then to just be almost completely nude in your sport, I get it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just am really shocked because over... Over the course of years, where we've had all of these scandals about, particularly women's sports, and the um, environment that leads to a lot of abuse towards athletes, 90% of the coaching, except for maybe the the wife of Bella Caroli for, you know, the women's gymnastics team, it's usually men. And it's usually sexual misconduct or just harassment, some sort of, you know, bullying, things like this. But to see it come from... Like we just talked about with NWSL a couple weeks ago. Right. With the women's national team and Sally Yates getting on top of that with her report that came out. It's almost disappointing to see women not upholding and supporting other women who are going through these struggles in sports and not seeing themselves in their athletes and really understanding what they're doing is damaging to these women who, and swimming is not one of those sports where you get to go and make money from it afterwards. There's not really a professional swimming thing out there. Really? I mean, there's some great, not unless you make tons of money off of like sponsorships and sponsorships. And you only get that every four years. Like, cause people only care that you're the best in the world every four years. Unless you're just like the best, like Phelps. That's so, it. Yeah, then you can go to meets and win stuff, but it costs money to get to all those meets. Like people don't think about that. Like so it costs money, money to get to all of those. Yeah. Yeah. And all the, because a lot at the very highest levels, it's international that you're going to, you're going to meets in Australia and you're going to meets in Beijing. You're going, you know, this well, you're is getting there early too to uh, adjust to the time difference and to get your body right as far as that area is concerned. So you're you got to think about extrapolating out a hotel or an Airbnb. So I'm sure that that yeah. can cause stress because you're probably with a lot of other Team USA people at these private events. You're probably like, hey, are you going to be at this with your competitor? You're legitimately well, living with your competitor, like to save money because these things yeah, are so expensive. You're- your six to a room kind of deal. And the other thing about swimming too, that I think some people don't know is that like, even at the very highest levels, you have to pay. So you have to meet qualification times to get into the event. But with the exception of like um, Olympic trials and the Olympics, 
you have to pay for each meet. You have to pay the sponsors and the organizers of the meet to get to even be allowed to swim in it. And these fees are extensive. It is one of the reasons why my my brother and I did not grow up very wealthy. I had to turn down a lot of the larger meets because I simply could not afford. Yeah. In addition to flights and hotels and all of and my meals and everything, also hundreds of dollars in entrance fees to just that happened to my to sister play. with softball because like yeah. so that's why she didn't get to get get like recruited by big big places and things like that because she had to she she we couldn't afford to, for her to be travel team there was no way yeah. that we would be able to afford for her to go on the buses and the hotels and travel to different meets and things like that softball tournaments it, it just was not going to be viable yeah i was lucky that i was still um recruited but yeah i mean it was I, I probably would have been recruited by have or and even seen improvement in times and things like that had I been able to spend the money to commit to the sport. So the, the fact that, you know, these kids that are in college that are swimming, they've already got the academic pressures, they've got the social pressures, they've got all of that built onto this. And then you have someone who at five o'clock in the morning, every morning is screaming at you, telling you, you know, it looks like you're too fat or you're too lazy or what's wrong with you. You're, you know, five tenths of a second off of your normal splits this week. That's nothing any college kid wants to hear. And I am, I'm sad. I'm just sad by it. And um, I have a feeling that this, she isn't the only one. No, I think, I think this is going to happen. I think this is a sport that's ripe for abuse and uh, along well, with many abuse. other so, so it's it's so weird. Like I, I guess we need to be accepting of the change in times, things like that. But a lot of stuff I read, some stuff is very real abuse. Like what happened to the National Women's Soccer League? Like you can't just walk in. You as a coach, you can't have porn playing on your television right. when a woman walks in. Like you shouldn't have it ever. Sorry, that sounded funny. I don't aggregate me. You shouldn't have it ever. <laughs> uh, uh, but especially like, what are you doing? That's clearly a sign of abuse when you have it playing as a woman walks in your office. Like you plan that. But I mean, I was, I, I mean, and, and I think last week Chelsea said I was going to call her a wuss. I would not have called you a wuss. Uh, but uh, is some things, and I think you alluded to it, are just hard coaching. And right. like, it's, oh my God, I'm going to sound old. It just seems like it's, you're not being nice to me. Stop it. Soothe my soul. And if you're not soothing someone's soul, you're abusing them. And it's so right. hard for me to grasp. Like, why do I have to like, pet your head and stroke the back of your neck in a, in a non weird way and uh, make, give you a Teddy before I'm like, Hey, could you swim better? Like, what the hell? What does that mean? So I completely agree with you. There has definitely <laughs> been like a, a cultural shift, right? And yeah. just a little bit more sensitive these days, but there's a difference between pushing and coaching up people and being tough on them and saying, you can absolutely do better. And then there's a difference that, leads into a 482 page report that says this this is above and beyond this is bullying this is abusive behavior this is treating women with eating disorders that are behavior that's directly feeding into their illness as yeah. well as like other swimmers so i have narcolepsy it makes it very hard for me to sleep it makes it hard, maybe hard for me to get, get up your, in the morning we get your text messages <laughs> <laughs> 5 a.m. Discord messages when I still haven't gone to sleep yet. Yeah, exactly. After you just and, said, after you just said one at two a.m., why is she still awake? All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, but I could 
unfortunate reading these accounts of like what happened with these women to have had coaches and people around me, including my team had sports psychologists on it, um, who were there to help me with, you know, my mind body balance and trying to get through some of these hurdles. It wasn't, it was tough coaching, tough love. They would get frustrated with me, but it was not abusive. There's better way we can do better people. We, we can absolutely do better. And, and sometimes you got to stop seeing it as abuse because I always saw tough coaching as someone that actually cared about me. Like they cared enough to be like mm-hmm. aggressive and make me, I always say you cared enough to make me hate you. You made me <laughs> hate you to prove you wrong because you actually loved me and saw talent at me enough to push me to a level I didn't know I had. Right. right? Like but it, it took you there's, being a, there's a line and it yeah, sounds like this line was just jumped way over. I think everybody has a different line. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, and you, you got to take the time as a coach to get to know your people for sure. 100%. Like you've got, okay. If I, I got to bring them in and be like, Hey, was that too far for you today? Do you feel like, like that was, did that lead to your success? Or do you feel like that was, uh, adversely affected you? Right. And right. you've got to be a coach there. Like you've got to take that moment. And if you do, I think I find that if you take that time after to be like, Hey, so we talked, it got a little intense. Was that too much for you? Is that not the way you're going to learn? How can I help you learn? Because you're my main priority. If you take that moment, all of a sudden it's no longer seen as abuse. It's, okay, wow, this person actually cares. Now, if you just leave it in that moment, I can see how someone, even a tough human, that was rude, even a human that is used to that style of coaching might be like, might be like, oh, I didn't like that. Because they never took the time to reaffirm, hey, this is why we do it like this. There's a gear in you that I see. That's, that's different. And I need to find how to reach that gear. And I'm not reaching it with the, you know, here's your teddy bear. Calm down. You're doing good. <laughs> so, so what's better? What's, what's going to get it out of you? That's not that. Right. Cause I right. Can't, you can't, you're not responding to me going, Hey, get your ass to the other side of the pool. When I blow this whistle, you're not responding <laughs> to that. You're not responding to Teddy. Okay. What will you, what in between will you respond to? <laughs> Because it's also a coach's job to get results. That's the whole reason they exist. If they don't yeah. get results, they get fired. That's their whole job. Right. And I'm just going to throw in one caveat. Yeah. And I think we can, we can be done with this. A lot of the coaching that happens with swimmers is going to be in very short bursts. It is going to be loud. Mm-hmm. It is going to be very in your face. By necessity, you spend most of your time in practice underwater. You can't see, you can't hear your coach. So you're really in your own zone. So I think a lot of what the complaints are about, and I haven't read into the full, full details on this, is the out of the pool, out of practice, like just berating and humiliating these women. So yeah, you should never take into account someone's body, even like there's a better way to do that. Like that's not your job as the coach. That's the job when you, you need to get them with some, like a dietitian. Right. Like, hey, you need you as the coach, the owner of the program need to go. Hey, okay, I see it. I know you see it. I'm not going to call it out because I don't need to give this person a body disorder. But can you get with this person and maybe can we develop a meal plan for them without me calling them a fat ass? You know, like because yeah, or skin and bones. Uh, I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm 100% agreeing with you. But I, what I'm saying is that's not the coach's yeah. spot. That's where I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, no, hey, there's yeah. a better way for a coach to handle Because like you said, there's sports psychologists and there's dietitians on the team, to help, especially in Oregon. I know there's dietitians because the football team has dietitians because of the Chip Kelly era. Um, I mean, every, every 
Every college sport now has dietitians available. No, let's not say that. There are some really well. I mean, uh, like all like D one, D one schools, D two schools. For yeah, D one maybe. I don't even think D two, but most D one. Yeah, should, in the Pac twelve, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Well, Oregon I only know has one because Chip Kelly was like a like a diet prude. Like he was all about the players' diets <laughs> and how many avocados they were eating. I read about his, his method, and I actually liked it. I'm a weirdo, Chelsea. I'm sorry. Like I'm. I weirdo, like I was like lots of players were like I like sushi, blah blah blah. I'm like this sounds dope. You've got something like <laughs> totally laid out what you're supposed to eat and like what it does for your body and like all this yeah. stuff. But then again, like I'm not a college kid. That's like I would love to have Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Like, so <laughs> I would love to have Taco Bell. I would love to have Taco Bell sponsor the show and send me Taco Bell. On the that would be great. Inside <laughs> note, on, the trainers at Oregon and the nutrition staff were pushing <laughs> chocolate milk like nobody's business. You got out of practice, chocolate milk. You going into practice, chocolate milk. I'm allergic to milk. <laughs> I love oh, some chalky no. milk. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, chocolate milk's super good for you if you're like exerting all that energy. That sucks, Chelsea. You're like, do you have a lactate chocolate milk? <laughs> you have some chocolate soy milk. Yeah, some yeah. chocolate soy, some oat milk. <laughs> all right, Wes. Well, well, what made you sad? Um, I think for me, I mean, I know, I know where you think I'm gonna go, but. Um, it was it was the officiating. Um, it was just terribly yeah. officiated all around. I feel like there were times when it was just like terrible against the Niners, terrible against the Eagles, terrible against the Bengals, terrible uh, terrible against the Chiefs. Um, and like obviously, if you're <laughs> obviously if you're a fan, you're only going to focus on the ones that um, that like kind of like affected you. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, like, I mean, there was, on a there field was so many blown calls, and there was one um, that I really remember. It was it was a personal foul. It was after the play, and he like spun him down, like threw him down really hard in front of the ref, and he didn't do anything. And then the guy got up and shoved him, and then he called a personal flag on him. And I was like, "You were there, you saw it. If you're gonna call a personal foul on him, call it on the late hit as well, because that was like ten seconds after the whistle, like." Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. But it was just like that kind of crap just happened like the whole time. And like, I, I don't know if I can tell you whether or not it benefited one team more than the other. But as a fan of like a team that's like in those games, it's really frustrating just to yeah. like see that. And it was like all over. Yeah. And it's like, and then I'm a bigger the, fan of let them play as well. I'm, I'm a bigger yeah. fan of let the players yeah. decide the game. And then the obviously the I'll get to the it, third down redo, <laughs> the third down redo. Like I get what they're saying, but at the same time, you're a referee. Use your freaking whistle and blow the play dead. Don't yeah. just like don't just oh, run no. out there and be like uh, and then no, let no, them no, finish no. the play. No. Blow your freaking whistle. Blow the play dead. They did. You couldn't hear it over the stadium noise. I, I'm just going to interject on that because they played the tape back Blow it louder. multiple times. Yeah, Blow sure. Blow it louder. Absolutely. <laughs> there could be like a PA noise or something like that. But yeah, they did do it. Turn your um, mic on and blow it. But so could, I actually have to agree with my brother on this one. And I'm normally okay. someone who's like, oh, the refs were whack this game or whatever. But I'm sitting there with my husband who's trying trying to like focus enough and actually start to care about football. He's you're like he's, sports is his sports is his seventh language. It, 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 no, he does speak a few other languages. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's down there. He's down there. 
He's sitting there watching this and he's just like, wait, why, why isn't that a penalty or why is this, what is going on here? Like, he was just like, there's no consistency. And he just eventually just got up and left. He usually only can stand one or two quarters anyways of a game, unless it's an Oregon game and I hold him there. I'm just like, it matters. You're my emotional support system right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because usually on the opposite, I'm like, go away from me. I need my own room to yell at and strip at the TV. Because usually I feel like Anna just makes it worse. Like, you're, yeah. you're making my anger worse. She's like, like oh, please okay. leave. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Get yeah. out of here. Why are no, you in the world? No, oh my god. The comment Anna makes all the time. You know they can't hear you. Woo. It's just a game. It's just a game. So I have <laughs> during games that I care about because yeah. I, when I go later and I'm in the kitchen and I'm like angrily chopping something or just like putting like you're using the cleaver on the vegetables instead of the vegetable knife. <laughs> like, What's your deal? And I'm like. I'm trying to explain some play in the game, and his eyes glaze over, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." So <laughs> they're watching the game, and he knows. He knows. He sees it. it yeah, helps. it helps. <laughs> well, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot with the referees in this, and there I'm was, just gonna say there's like, a I, lot of ticky tack calls. There yeah. are a lot of like calls that they didn't call that they really should have, and it was obvious. But you would have been just, mad if they had called him. Is my point, though? You would have if they had called the, all the fouls. You would have been like, "Jesus Christ!" The refs would. Oh, sorry. Jeez, the refs want to be famous. Wow, look at the refs. The refs, it's not about, oh, I forgot right. I paid money to watch the refs today. Like They called so a lot of fouls in the, in the AFC Championship. What Just I'm saying is either flag, way, flag, you're going to be upset. Every single, t- every fan of every team, every game believes the refs are, the refs and the commentators are against their team. Every single game. Well, Absolutely. Okay. But as so the only the only game that I really Sorry, had a care in was the 49ers Eagles because I despise the 49ers as a Seahawks fan. Other than that, I really didn't care. I was like yeah. Bengals Chiefs, I want a good game and I got a good game with the exception of just like the terrible officiating. And both well, we, sides had people were just complaining back and forth yeah. like both teams stop. hated the officials except for the yeah. Chiefs not because they ended up winning. But if you yeah. live tweeted, both teams were complaining. Chelsea, what were you going to say? Yeah. yeah. So I actually was going to say there was so during this wild card weekend, it yeah. was actually I for some reason I just was like I was watching the kids and I was like you know what they're they're making a lot of the right calls. The expedited review coming down from the boost is like immediately just stop like stop a play like a snap before it was going to make sure that they could go back and immediately like put the flag in. It was. I felt like it was fair. And then yeah. I don't know what happened these last couple of weeks. I feel like all of that progress in like good, clean, like good officiating and good intervention by the league to get these things to, like, you know, get everything kind of clarified and sorted before a play was made. So that way you wouldn't have a third down redo situation, you know, yeah. was just over and over again. Like it just went really well. And I had, you know, some minor complaints about it, but nothing that elevates to the level of a discussion. But yeah, this last weekend was just weird. It was just whack. No, it, it was very interesting. And yeah, like Wes agreed with me, like it's, it's going to happen no matter what we do. And it's funny because it was so 
uh, you get the reminder every year how hyperbolic NFL fans are with, that was the greatest play I've ever seen ever, or this was the worst officiation ever. And we bring it like in 2009, the Vikings got totally destroyed by the refs, which led to the controversy I was talking about earlier in the show with the, you know, Hurricane Katrina, they, they gave the Saints the Super Bowl because Brett Favre was on the Vikings that year. And, like, they, they didn't call a couple roughing the passer calls. And then Brett Favre showed the picture of his body after the game. And he had a, 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 you know, don't worry. He didn't send a picture of his genitalia to a reporter. It was just the bruises on his ankle. And it was, <laughs> it was the, sorry, we got to bring attention to things that really happened. Uh, the, <laughs> the bruises on his ribs and stuff from getting rough. But also, I, I'm sitting there like, definitely got rough. But some of those injuries are going to happen regardless. Uh, but there was that game. And then how about just, just most recently, you guys remember what happened to the saints against the Rams? Oh, the pass interference. Yes. The blatant yeah. pass interference. The one that changed the pass interference rule. Did they, did they reverse yeah. that? They changed the pass interference rule. No, that was never called. It was never. No, no, no. I'm saying cause oh. they, they made it so you could challenge pass interference now. Yeah, well, that that was only for one year, and then they took it out. It was the year yeah, after that happened. That's what I was saying. I was saying, did they get rid yeah. of that? Yeah, they got rid of it the next year because they said it was taking too much time. But I, I disagree. I don't think it was taking too much time. You still only got two challenges. You didn't get into yeah. that challenge. So it was up to the coach. Like they make up, they 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 make up so many different rules. They, West, well, they did that to appease all the fans and like everyone that was like that was complaining. And then once everyone like forgot about it, they were like, okay, we're going to drop the rule. I was, I had a transition in mind, but you snagged it from me. I was going to say, which was brings me to my next point. <laughs> I, I was, I'm being a bit facetious here, but I was, when, when I saw Brock Purdy's arm go backwards, which is a common injury, it's actually a common injury for quarterbacks, but because how protective the NFL has been about quarterbacks and how this actually, this seriously impacted the game. Cause it happened. Their first drive of the game. It, like, literally impacted the entire game. And everybody's like, the Eagles are just too powerful. I was like, the Eagles played against a quarterback without a unilateral collateral ligament. Okay? Like, and, and a quarterback that's played on 14 teams in 15 years. I mean, good on him. But that, that <laughs> did change that you could say all you want. And Brock Purdy was the third-string quarterback and the last pick overall in the draft. Like, stop it. They still had a great team, okay? It's It was rough, and I know I said they were the best team in the NFL, and perhaps it will be the Eagles. I didn't give the Eagles enough credit all year long. It's very no, hard. You didn't. I kept telling you. I kept telling you. Yeah, you were like, they're pretty good, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't know. I know their defense is good. but I, And, again, I kept telling myself, I think it's Jalen Hurts. I just think I don't trust Jalen Hurts yet. Um, or, or Sirianni, right? Because that guy's weird. Good coach, apparently. But I, I'm teasing because I think that now we're going to have to hear about all summer long when we have no content to talk about because the <laughs> NFL is gone and it's just right. baseball because the NBA Finals happen in June. NFL is considering changing the rule where if you make contact with the passer's arm while well, it's in motion, it's roughing the passer, right? Like, can't you just see that we'll as never a discussion do that. topic? We'll never you, do that. No, no, no. There'll listen riots. listen riots. to the words that I'm saying, though. <laughs> discussion topic for the whole summer when we have nothing to talk. You don't think that's going to be a topic? I think so. I think people are going to be, should they change the rule? No, because most people realize that's freaking stupid. <laughs> I don't think you realize. I think you're giving people way too much credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
But yes, when I saw that, I I thought the 49ers were gonna were gonna go to the Super Bowl. I thought that defense was crazy, and it was. The Eagles were great, and I'm gonna give them the credit now. We'll have Belucci on next week before the Super Bowl um, to talk about because he. I don't know if you guys remember, I had him on after Week One, and he predicted in his first interview. He predicted the Eagles are gonna win the Super Bowl. Week hey. one. Oh yeah, he did it. He said the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Like week one, he said it, and I I teased him. I was like, I don't know, man. That's did he put a futures bet? No, I don't know. He should have. But he said it week one. I mean, he definitely a hundred percent called it. And yeah. uh, hats off. Go ahead. Yeah, speaking of betting on sports, um, I just have a couple a couple notes here. The line for this game has been fluctuating daily. There's yeah. no consensus yet, really. Like, right now, most books have Philly, but, like, ESPN's power, uh, sorry, football power index is, only has the Eagles odds at 50.1% of chance of winning. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this game is all over the place in terms of, like, how people are feeling. It's pretty it's pretty split right down the middle. It's as even as Vegas gets. Oh, so, and really quick, that, that, was a, that was a late hit on Patrick Mahomes at the end game. You could be mad about it. You yep. could you could say it was soft. Both of his feet were out of bounds. Like every yep. time I watched, I was like that. I, the second I saw it, I was like, "That's the right call." Like I didn't even see the penalty come in. I literally saw the play, and I was like, "Ooh, that was my reaction." Like my initial yeah. reaction as somebody that played free safety, I was like, "Ooh." The second I saw him push him, because I was like, "That's a no no." Like yeah. you shouldn't have done that. Like so, you can be mad about it, you can be pissed about it, but to me, I was like, before the flag came in, I was like, "That's a no no." You shouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, no, there was no reason for that. No, I was just going to say I actually agree with that one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how do we – so the line is fluctuating. It seems like both teams are decently healthy at this point in time. Uh, what do we think? I think the Eagles got a much better defense, but I can't count out – man, here I go with the quarterbacks again. It's hard, man, because I, I was wrong about the Bills. I was wrong fun about the Bills. Fact, did fun you have the Bills about, the Super Bowl? 49ers. I was going to just throw in there another fun factoid that I have about this Super Bowl. This is going to be the first time that both quarterbacks are black and yeah. competing against yeah. each other in a Super Bowl. Just there's, there's so yeah. many headlines going into this one. There's that one. There's the Kelsey, Kelsey brothers. There's Andy Reid against yeah. his former team. There's Nick Sirianni getting fired by Andy Reid, which is, I mean, that wasn't really fired. He was basically just replaced because that's what coaches do when they take over. A team. I was going to say, also, this happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just another little factoid. Lots of tidbits. <laughs> Lots of really hardcore yeah. fan bases, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Chiefs fan base, Eagles fan base. They travel well. They're loud. And then, and then of course, the conspiracy. Oh, NFL just wants Andy Reid. Doing uh, coaching against his former team. Well, also, this is going to be the lowest rated Super Bowl ever. Coming from Cowboys fans, I'm like sitting here like, okay, just because the Cowboys do a good number, it's because people hate watch them. Nobody likes them. Only you in your house that punches your living room and cries in your chair every year when they lose in the playoffs. Yeah, Cowboys fans, I know. You all cry every year. Real tears. Talking about Skip Bayless? Yeah, that's right. Throw it his jersey. And there's nothing wrong with a man or a woman crying. But you guys cry every year. And then because you got caught crying, you project. Well, you guys all suck and you hate us. Shut up. 
Just you're the reason. We wouldn't mind the team if you would just shut up, Cowboys fans. If you would just stop talking and just accept your fate as the team that's the lifetime losers now. You're no longer America's team. You're lifetime losers. Okay? <laughs> you you forgot the days of Quincy Carter because you're recently biased. You're like, Dak! Oh, wait, we didn't win a playoff game. We hate Dak now. You're so emotional, Cowboys fans. Relax. <laughs> Breathe. You suck. It's fine. You're not that good. <laughs> so so here's a question that I ponder. Is it is it that they're the most annoying, or is it just that they have the most bandwagon fans? I, I think so. You see, annoying. you hear more of them because they're like more prevalent on social. media. I think media. they're the loud minority, is what it is. <laughs> I I don't feel as if they are the minority, like because there are a lot of Cowboys fans. But I mean, I, I, I don't think know why Steelers fans. I, I think mean, there's a lot Steelers of Steelers have a fans. huge fan base too. A lot of a lot of um, bandwagon fans too. You were impressed by the Seahawks fans in Germany. You said there's a lot of Seahawks fans in Germany. Yeah, uh, that's because so, they're awesome. That's <laughs> there it is. The fan comes out. There was a long time, like by the way, because of like NWA and Los Angeles Raiders. And Oakland Raiders, the Raiders were the most recognizable logo for a long, a lot of my younger life growing up. Uh, and it was before, obviously, social media and all this stuff took hold of the world. Yeah. The internet took hold of the world. But the Raiders, because of NWA, because a lot of rappers repped the Raiders, and because, like, Santana was a Raiders fan, Hulk Hogan was a Raiders fan, the Raiders were, like, the most recognizable logo of any team other than, like, the, I think it was the Yankees, the Lakers, and the Raiders for a very long time. And there was a weird period in the 90s where it's like the Cowboys peaked at the time when we started to get internet, we started to get like like the World Wide Web type stuff, and then all of a sudden social media. And I don't know, man. I just I think a lot of teams have a lot of fans. I just think they're just the loudest, and I think that's why we hate them. They're annoying. Outside of, hey, you know what? I still hate that kid a couple years ago that cried when the Patriots didn't make the playoffs. I hate you, kid. I hope you listen. <laughs> I, I, I think – I think a lot of it is their nickname, America's team. Yeah, that's like, awesome. That kind of stuff just like just annoys everybody else. Whenever somebody yells that out, I get a migraine, <laughs> like immediate migraine. Like, America's team! like, oh my god, we have thirty-two, idiot! It's only a sport played here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have fans though. The Who's Texans. That? Yeah, the Texans that's very true. Like. I think I've I've lived here now a couple of years. I think I've seen like three bumper stickers. No flags <laughs> hanging out of the cars. You still see Oilers stuff, right? You still see Oilers stuff? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's weird. They still rep the Oilers. It's such a huge market for like millennial nostalgia and all that. Yeah. Jazz. Is, they love them. Their Oilers stuff. They're so mad that the Titans own. The Oilers, like IP and everything like They're that. They're all Titans yeah. fans. They will never get it back in Houston, yeah. ever, which is really sad, kind of, because the the teammates an overhaul and. Well, they had cool guess, colors. They had cool helmets. They had cool a cool logo, the big oil tower, like and Texans, Texans. That's a cool name. Texans. Just, We're from Texas. The Texans. Well, well that name, the Seattle Washingtonians. Let's go. Really quick, guys. That name actually goes all the way back to it predates the NFL. There was actually a team in Texas called the Texans. Yeah. So that name actually predates the NFL. So they were trying to draw on even older history than 
the there's Wes's face where he's glazed Swing over. Swing and miss. Swing and miss. Swing and miss. Chelsea, do you think their new head coach, D'Amico Ryan, is going to help that at all? So I think I think that's actually a, it's a really interesting pickup because there was uh-huh. there was like a brief moment in time, you know, where they weren't just the gutter team that they are now, and you know. He obviously had a ton of success. My brain just processed what you said. (laughs) That was a nice shot. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. The cutter team. So, I mean, Domingo and Ryan led the Niners to the number one defense in the entire league. Like, I mean, just every major stat that counts. And, you know, good for him to go out and get his back, get that head coaching money. But again, like I said, as someone who has to casually be assaulted by Texans news and, you know, I just, I still don't feel like it's going to, I think this is a, a band-aid that might help some things, but in, I, I don't, I still don't see the Texans going anywhere, but I hope, I hope he has some successes. I hope he uses this as a uh, springboard onto something on the greener pastures than Texans. Well, you know what? They do have a good young defense, and I'm going to give the Texans my stamp of approval, even though their owner's racist. Because I'm going – and, yeah, I said it outright. I don't care. He's racist. Uh, but he he did the right thing in suspending Sean Watson. You even have it on the billboard behind you. I know. <laughs> or on the whiteboard behind you. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Jackson is a good person. Deshaun Watson is a terrible person. And you know what? They got rid of him. They, they traded him away. They didn't let him play. And you know what? Hats off to them. I, I hope just because of that move, they, they do well. I do. I, I, they got a good defense. He's a good defensive coordinator in a terrible piss-poor division that's going to be run by the Jaguars for the next five years. So we'll see. Sean Payton, Saints. Or yeah. not Saints, Broncos. It's okay. I did the Deshaun Jackson thing. You're allowed. Uh, oh man, they they got rid of a twenty of their first pick for this year's draft, for this second year, round pick, second round pick for next year, and it's like you guys are leveraging all of your like current talent growth for the long term. But the thing is, yeah. Russell Wilson's not going to get any better. I don't think so either. Russell Wilson's not Drew Brees. What are you going to do without getting Russell Wilson some backup and supporting cast this year? What if they trade him? You guys him? already got fleeced on the Russell Wilson trade. And but what now if they trade are... him? Wes, what if they trade him? For what? A fifth-round pick? I don't know. This is something that I was, like, trying to, to posture out there, like, a yeah. few weeks ago. And you're saying, like, it's just not going to happen because they signed him for this, like, big contract. And then yeah. it's just dead weight. It's, like, I don't, it's, like, tied around their necks. I don't see it happening, is the truth. But then I look around and I see desperate teams with other bad contracts. And the Packers Tom released Brady. today. I'm ready. I'm getting there. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Packers released today. Uh, yes, today for you. <laughs> yesterday for me. <laughs> that... They want to part from Aaron Rodgers, or they're interested in parting from Aaron Rodgers, who has another terrible contrast. And what if they just did a straight-up swap, Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers? I would hate that because it goes right into the same division as the Raiders, which this division is so stacked with people already. But Aaron Rodgers fits Sean Payton more than 
uh, Russell Wilson's play style does, their true style of play. Because remember, he did it with Drew Brees. He's more of a, hey, this is where I want you to go to the ball. Here's where the play is. Here's here's options one, two, three, and four. I need you to be smart. I need you to read the defense. Everything that Russell Wilson – I'm not saying Russell Wilson's not smart. Everything that Russell Wilson's game is not is what Aaron Rodgers' game is. And how cute would – and remember, those contracts actually do flip. They flip pretty well. And how funny would it be, because you guys know this as Seahawks fan, that rivalry between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the playoffs for a couple years in a row, where the and then and when uh, the next season Aaron Rodgers comes out, he goes, because uh, Russell said, all the power to God. And Aaron Rodgers goes, I guess God was a Packers fan today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, man, how, how cool of a storyline would that be if they just swap? They just swap players. There goes Russell Wilson right back into the snow and the rainy weather. (laughs) Just moved down to Denver. Yeah, well, I mean, he is from the snow. So, I mean, it's not like the most insane thing. He would have been all through it in college. And those are the only contracts that line up. Um, but yeah, so you beat me to it, Wes. But we're, we're a Sean Payton. I don't know. I don't, I would have never done that trade. I don't think that he that a first round pick is going to yield. You. I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl, and I think that's what you're hoping for when you make a trade like this. Like, not if you're already a terrible team who um, who doesn't have like a good first round pick or like. Yeah, I, man, Wes, I don't picks. think the Raiders are going to go. I'm not. I'm not hopeful, as you know, for the Raiders under Josh McDaniels. But they do play spoiler rather well. They do play spoiler rather well. They're the worst team in the division. I'm just being honest. Oh, Raiders, dude, you're not a real Raiders. Shut up. Just, just admit it. Just, we're just the worst team in the division, and we, no, we got to understand the that. Broncos are. The Broncos are. Talent wise, though, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Broncos have a lot of talent that just went to waste. But you're probably right. I, I mean, you know what, Wes? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're probably right. But you got the Chiefs, the Chargers. I hate it, but they're good. Justin and they got Moore. And Justin Herbert's not going to be – oh, they signed him? Yeah, they signed Callum Moore. Why didn't you tell me that in production? I did. I thought I told you. <laughs> no. He was he was unemployed for oh all God. of five minutes. Literally five yeah. minutes after he was, like, fired He's from the, the Cowboys, he signed you. the Chargers. I've been saying this forever. I wanted him to be the – I wanted him to be, like, the Sean McVay of the Raiders. I did not want Josh McDaniel. I said that forever. I was like, I would love it if they went out and got someone – like a Kellen Moore or a homeboy um, off of uh, the Chiefs, um, uh, Eric Bieniemy, right? One of those two guys. Like I wanted either Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs. We'll go ahead, Chelsea. Oh no! Continue. Or uh, Kellen Moore. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh okay. Well, yeah. No, I was saying that I was. So yes, he was fired by the Cowboys. But I mean, like, the, why? Why did the Cowboys yeah. fire him? He was right something. there. People were Mike McCarthy is an ego monster and he sucks. Mike McCarthy okay, sucks. Yes. Cowboys All suck. Of- I'm gonna say it again. The fans <laughs> suck. The I coach agree. sucks. I the owners suck. Like, okay, sorry, Chelsea. Go ahead. <laughs> but when I said I was really surprised that he went for another offensive coordinator role and not for the HC job, my like my brother was like, oh well, who would like promote someone to head coach after you got fired? And I was like, someone like I don't know the Raiders, someone who actually does need like a good coach and they're, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I think that they, he could have potentially secured a head coaching role, especially in this season when we're going to see more of this carousel go around and around. 
Yeah, I just, I don't think he wanted to put, coach any of those teams though. To be honest, well, maybe, um, I mean maybe that's true, but yeah, he's, you know he I would have rather the uh, OC for the Chargers, and he's going to be great there. I would have rather <laughs> seen him go to the Jets, but I think the Jets already signed Nathaniel Hackett, so because Hackett did so well. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so free agency. Do you guys want? I'm going to ask this quick, and I just want a quick answer because we're running out short on time. Do you guys want Geno Smith, who ESPN currently has ranked as the fifth best free agent available? Or are you interested in what's out there in the market? I go Gino. Gino? You guys got a pretty decent pick, right? Because of the Broncos. Yeah. Still Gino. Yeah, but I also... Still Gino. Support crew. Get okay. in the support cast. Chelsea? Yeah, because I always think it's going to take another year or two to, to coach up most, most rookies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some odd exceptions where, yeah, they can walk in day one and they're Fantastic, but uh, yeah, no, I I think that I would try to at least see him sign to another like a shorter contract. Like Gino's earned himself years. a second year, two years. He's, he's earned himself a second year, like okay. for next year. Yeah, obviously you're not gonna, obviously you're not going to give him a one year contract, but yeah, like a three year contract. That defense was a little bit better because that that wasn't your typical defense. I think Pete Carroll did a great job making it work. It's garbage. Work. Well, I thought Pete Carroll did a good job making it work with. Bad pieces. There were, yeah. They didn't have a lot of really good pieces. Quandry's really old at this point. Quandry Diggs, he's really old at this yeah. point. Uh, you, Jamal Adams just can't stay healthy. I think, what, he's got one more year on his contract? Two more years on his contract? So he, they might either Not waive sure. him. They might either waive him or move on. He just can't stay healthy, and I hate to say that about a guy in the NFL. But we can't – I mean, we're going to see with Tua next year, I think, too, because the Dolphins have already turned down Tom Brady. So yeah. – We'll see. Uh, really quick, the Pro Bowl's a joke, right? Tyler Huntley, two touchdowns, like seven games. Yeah, okay. We can no, just... I don't think it's even seven. <laughs> seven. And the fact that yeah. we've given up on the actual Pro Bowl game and it's just black football and it's the Manning brothers, which how? why did the Manning brothers have a monopoly on NFL activities? Because they're goofy and people like them. They talk like this, Eli. What do you think? I call seven timeouts. Like, you know. Oh, shucks. I'm just a man and brother. I'm just living my life to the best. I live in this weird little house. People like them. Yeah. They like them. They're relatable. Oh, no. No, they're not. I don't really. They're multi, multi, multi millionaires. I don't relate to them whatsoever. And Chelsea, I, I think you're just ahead of the pack. Because remember, this year, everybody started hating Tom, uh, Tony Romo. In the playoffs this year, Everybody started hating Tony Romo. Yeah, so you're just ahead of the pack. It, it was it was and, crazy. And I am so excited to be in leaving Texas right as Archie Manning really gets okay. started. Texas. I'm gonna be out, gone. Un- un- unfortunately, we're running short on time. So really quickly, uh, 89 points away for LeBron James. So he should be breaking Kareem's record in the next three games. It looks like. That's wild. Yeah, exactly, Wes. Uh, please try – like, he is not my favorite player ever. But it's – you got to appreciate greatness when you're in the moment and not eulogize it when it's dead. So understand we are living in a moment where he's probably the best player ever, and that hurts a lot of Jordanites. I get that. That hurts a lot of Kobeites. I get that. But he's probably the he's, best player ever. Yeah. There's not going to be – I don't think this record's ever going to be broken. I, I might be wrong, but 
with with the way the NFL or NBA, pardon me, went straight to offense, but it's that's a crazy record. The owner of Chelsea is a former baseball minority owner of the Dodgers, and it appears, as I'm going just over time, but as it appears that he has brought his MLB rules into uh, professional soccer, into the Premier League, in which the baseball uh, owners would sign players with these really long contracts and extrapolating out their talent over a couple years, trying to project it, right, to how good they're going to be. So he signed a lot. If you look at all of his signings, which, like you said, Chelsea, he spent over $500 million, which is more than Bundesliga and Serie A spent altogether. All, the whole league didn't spend that much money, okay? And I know our crowd should be familiar with Bundesliga because you guys talked about it last week. More than all of Bundesliga, more than all of Serie A spent, $500 million. But a lot of people think that FIFA is going to catch on to this or that he's just ahead of the curve and that FIFA is going to try to change the rules because he signed all these players to, like, eight-year contracts. So what they think is he's ahead of the game, and right now everybody's angry, but he's doing it. So he's got all these really talented players as they hit their peak, and perhaps teams will overpay for them in the future, or he will just have an extremely, extremely talented young team as they progress throughout their careers, right? So he basically bought his farm system. Um, interesting strategy, right, to take a – Take a American strategy and just piss everybody off in Europe, but <laughs> that sounds a lot like us. But <laughs> we will we will see what happens because I get it, and as somebody that would love to see my team find the loopholes in the rules just to be great, so I could just see a championship in my life, like you guys got to. I I uh, I think that would be phenomenal. So. Welcome to American sports and American money, Chelsea. This is how we do it. We find loopholes and rules, and we make ourselves as good as possible, as quickly as possible. <laughs> New rule, we you have know, to say Chelsea FC every time. Yeah. Chelsea <laughs> FC. Because <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I, I, what do I got to do this? But, I don't have $500 million. <laughs> yeah. I don't no. have an owner. <laughs> But America is really, really, really good at exporting both loopholes and capitalism. We're fantastic at it. We're yes. the new British Empire that way. <laughs> so my hope is that everyone exports this podcast to all of their friends by sharing it all around the world. Please, we're 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 you're still growing, which is great. I don't ever want to stop growing. That's how we're going to get to where we want to be. And if you want to help us grow, you can reach us at the Sad Fan, all one word, on YouTube, capital T, capital S, capital F. And you could, uh, pardon me, the Sad Fan Podcast Network. But if you just type in the Sad Fan, you will find us. You can reach me at the Sad Fan 12, and you can reach the show at the Sad Fan Cast. Leave us some comments in the videos, and I will make sure these two get back to you. So for Chelsea, for Wes, we will see you all next week. Bye. <laughs>